Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. What's up, everyone? Great to be with you today in church. And uh, I think it's amazing uh, that we, we can't be here together today, but we can still, we can still worship together. Uh, we can still be in God's presence together. We can still sing uh, we can still hear from God. We can still come expectantly. Uh, we've been believing that God, God would do that. And so um, today we have the opportunity to continue to be the church. You know, um, this has been a kind of an unexpected twist um, in, our, in our life. And so I read this week as uh, I was getting prepared for, for Sunday and kind of going through social media, somebody posted and they said, church, get ready for uh, revival. And it said, think about it. All the greatest things in our, in our American culture that compete uh, for people's attention outside of God are shutting down. And so sports is, is shutting down for right now. The mall uh, shut down. A lot of things that, that take people away from God. And so the point was, church, get ready, uh, because we have an opportunity uh, to be the hands and feet of Christ. This is, not a, this is not a time for those of us in the church to cower, that we have hope, uh, that we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Uh, that we have a, a purpose for getting up in the morning, that we're going to see people, we're going to interact with people, maybe not even physically, but online, uh, that we can share this hope with. And so, uh, li- listen, uh, we're going to take up our, our Sunday morning tithes and offerings right now. And I don't want to say take, we're going to participate in this. And here's the thing, uh, we're not going to go backwards in our giving in this difficult uh, uneasy seeing. We're going to live our life with, with more faith. And so our church is going to go through this and, and come out of this even, even stronger. And not only that, uh, we, as we go through this, we don't really know what this looks like over the next few weeks, uh, but we want to be an asset to our communities. And so when we find out, you know, there's kids that aren't getting fed uh, breakfast and, and lunch through their school because they're not there, we want to be able to, as a church, we want to have the resources to do that. We want to have a chance to participate uh, in helping the community and being a blessing. And so when we give, uh, we give with that understanding. We're not slowing down and tithing our 10% over the next few weeks as a church. And we don't want you to do the, 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 the we want you to do the same. And so I'm going to pray. There's a few ways for you to give today. Uh, the easiest way is through your phone. You can get on your Journey Church app. You can go to the give button at the bottom. You can go give from right there. You can text the number in. Continue to be faithful in your finances. And let's believe that God would continue to use this church to make a difference in this time. Jesus, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you as we uh, get ready to give today as a church, uh, Lord, that we have the opportunity to, to be faithful even in this moment, in these difficult moments, in these uneasy moments, in these fear-filled moments, that we have the opportunity to continue to seek you and put you first in our finances. And I thank you, Lord, that because of the faithfulness of those that call Journey home, that we're going to have a chance to make a difference, even outside, beyond just what happens here on Sunday through what's shared, uh, the music that's played, Lord. But we're going to have an opportunity to meet real needs, Lord, uh, that the community, when, when they're in need, that they will actually come to the church uh, and understand that we are here to be a blessing and not a burden. And so I'm grateful, Lord, for those who are walking in faithfulness at, over fear, for those uh, that have questions, Lord, that they're going to continue to seek you and put you first in their finances. And Lord, you're going to bless us. You're going to take care of us. Lord, you're good. 
and we're grateful for that. Would you bless every word that is spoken over the next few moments? Would you fill each home with your presence and your power? Would you do what only you could do? In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, let's clap all over the place. Let's clap together in our rooms. Come on, let's make a loud noise. Let's get ready to go into today's word. Uh, man, it's great to be with you. Do me a favor. Uh, number one, get a paper and pen. Open up the Bible app. Uh, get a cup of coffee. Uh, sit somewhere where you can relax and take notes. Number two, share this with somebody. There's somebody that you are friends with right now that is flipping out right now in the world. They are terrified. They are scared. They're watching news. They're, they're watching coverage. They're going to CNN. They're going to Fox. They're going somewhere for some good news, and it looks like just more and more bad news. And so somebody that you know needs to hear this message. You know if you come to church, we don't want you to come to church alone. So here's the same principle. If you're sitting in your house right now, we want you to invite somebody to church with you right now. So just if you haven't shared it already, share it. Text that person right now. Say, hey, my church is having church right now. Man, maybe you've been inviting them for a long time and they said no. Where else do they have to go right now? Like where else can, can they be? Just let them know uh, to check it out. Maybe they're not available right now. Maybe they're still sleeping. Maybe they had a rough night last night. Maybe they worked late last night. Maybe as soon as we're done this, that you would just continue to share uh, the messages. We're going to continue to resource you over the next few weeks as we go through this uh, and continue to kind of figure out how it looks for us to be a church that's mobile. What's exciting is this is how the church functioned in the beginning of, of, of the church. Like they didn't have buildings. They, they met in homes. They, uh, they were kind of on the move. They, they, they didn't really know what was next, yet the church continued to grow. So our church and the church as a whole is going to continue to find purpose and strength and movement over the next few, few weeks as we go through this uh, together. Look, I was supposed to preach on, on our last week of marriage Q&A, and uh, as I was preparing last night, it, I just kept feeling like, man, you can table that. I have nine pages of notes. I tried to answer as many questions as I possibly, as I possibly can, and we will still find a time to do that because I think there's value in that. But I, I think that God is all about timing. The Spirit of God kind of leads you. And I wanted to talk to you on, on a different topic today that I think is more timely. And so uh, how many of you have, are married to somebody who enjoys scaring you. Like, you, you're, like my, I'm, in my family, Harrison is the ultimate scare. Like he likes to hide out. He likes to jump out and scare you. I kind of have that sense of humor. My wife, she doesn't really, she doesn't like that. Like she's not into being scared. I've, I've hid behind doors before and, uh, and jumped out, and she's, she slapped me. She's gotten mad at me. We've had fights about it. She's not into it. So she's sweet like that, so I would never expect her to do that. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I didn't know where she went in our house, and so I'm calling her, Leah! Leah, Leah, and it's quiet as can be. And I started to get worried because she doesn't typically have this sense of humor. So Leah, 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 I'm going, I look, I look, in the, I look downstairs, I look outside, I look in the car. Sometimes, you know, after she's in the car talking on her phone, she wants privacy. I look everywhere that I can, I can try to find her. Leah, I go walking into our bedroom, and I'm, I'm kind of getting scared. Leah, and she jumped out of our, our master bathroom, our little master bathroom, jumped out, ah, and jumped and just scared. Literally, I, if I would have had to go to the bathroom, I would have peed myself in that moment. She's cracked up laughing, and I was like, why would you do that? That's not you. That's what I I do like I'm I'm scary like I scare you and she jumped out and she terrified me in, in that moment and I started thinking about that and thinking isn't this how kind of how this week felt like you were just kind of living your life 
minding your own business, you know, stuff starts to come out about this virus. And I, even, even on Tuesday, I kind of started to sit down and think, you know, what's, what's to come? On Thursday morning, I sat with our staff and I said, hey, I don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks, but we need to start making preparations. Uh, we don't know what's coming. We don't know what, how, if they're going to close for a time. We don't know what's coming for Easter. So we need to start thinking, praying, being creative. And then wham, all of a sudden, everything starts to flood in. And it's like somebody jumped out and scared you, and we've been shocked. And I think, I think today I want to talk to you about fear and about being afraid, because I think a lot of us have been jolted in, into this, this, this moment where we're, we're kind of scared. Like I started thinking about it last night, and I started to, to just develop these fears in, in, in my life, thinking about all of the ways that things could go bad and all of the people that could get sick and the economy and everything else that, that is kind of, kind of going. I'm dealing with fear, and I believe a lot of you are as well. And here's the important thing. The church should deal with fear differently than the culture because the culture, if we do it right, will come looking to, to the church, right? Here's the thing about fear, uh, and I've taught you this before. We're not really born with that much fear. We're really only born with two types of fear, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. I think God puts those in us to protect us. But the thing is, we accumulate fears as we live on, on, on this earth. I mean, think about it. My son, the other day, he had teen group, and, and they asked, you know, what are, what are you, what's a fear that you have that nobody would know about? And my oldest son looked at his teen group, and he said, I'm afraid of the Muppets. And I went, Muppets? And I wasn't in the group. Somebody told me later, I said, listen, man, I said, you got to find a bigger fear than that. You can't be afraid. He's like, dad, Kermit, is creepy. Kermit the Frog is creepy. And I was like, no. Like, I remember when I was growing up, those two old dudes in the balcony. Those were creepy guys. Kermit is like, you know, he's soft. He's lovable. He's green. You know, Kermit is not, he said, Kermit is terrifying. Some of you have been afraid of the dark. Some of you are terrified of spiders and insects and all these things that we develop in our lives. I started thinking about my own life and things that I'm afraid of. I've, from time to time, developed the fear of rejection, right? Like, there's, there's times I haven't talked out in public or said something because I don't want somebody to reject me. Some of us struggle with the fear of rejection. Some of us struggle with the fear of failure. Like we don't try anything and that way we won't fail at anything. I think today in our world that the two big fears that are going to start to unravel in people's lives is the fear of loss and the fear of the unknown. The fear of loss and the fear of the unknown. Think, think about it. We are all kind of watching as people, people are losing loved ones, and we're afraid of, of loss. Some of you are afraid of lost income. You're afraid of lost wages. You're, you're afraid uh, of lost time. You're, you're, you're afraid of loss. Some of us are afraid of the, un I started thinking, the unknown is terrifying right now. How long are we going to be in our houses? I remember Thursday night, I'm like, it's cool. We could be in here for two weeks. Like, two weeks will be fine. You know, it, we'll, we'll stay in. We'll protect our family. We'll get a bunch of, of groceries. My wife sent me to the grocery store. I came home. She yelled at me. I was like, what's wrong? She was like, I told you to get the essentials. I was like, tasty cakes are the essentials, and, and ice cream is the essentials. And, and frozen Elio's pizza is the essentials, and ramen is the essentials. She was like, listen, you need to get rice and beans. That's the essentials. I said, I'll, I'll take my chances. I don't want rice and beans. That is not essential to me, but we're, we're kind of going through the process of the unknown. How long are we going to be locked up? And Thursday, I'm good. Friday, I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to kind of go through it. Yesterday, my kids were home all day long, and we were going, and, I, and then I started looking, man, two weeks of this, like two weeks in the house around nobody except my kids. 
kids and all these things can go wrong and you know the fear of how much longer is this going to happen let me watch the news and see how long it's been going on in this country or how this this economy is happening let's not even talk about the stock markets and all those things and there's the fear of the unknown and here's what i want you to know as a christian right because we all struggle with it but i want you to understand that fear in itself that doesn't point you back to god is 100% absolutely worthless in your life. Fear that doesn't drive you back to God is 100% worthless in your life. I want to show you this in Scripture. Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 6. and When he speaks, we should listen. And this is what he says in verse number 25. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food or your body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? And I love verse 27. He says, cast all of your worries. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? In other words, what he's saying is fear, if you don't control it, actually becomes your enemy. The Bible tells us really clearly in 2 Timothy that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but what does he give us? He gives us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. That the Lord is not sending fear to us, that often we're receiving fear. He doesn't give it to us. What does he give us? He gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And so here's what fear is. Fear is placing your faith, me and you as followers of Jesus Christ, in the what-ifs instead of the God is. I mean, there's this great story in the Bible in the book of Exodus chapters three and four where God comes and calls this man named Moses and he basically says, I'm gonna use your life. I'm gonna use you to go back to my, to, 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 to my, my people. They're slaves in Egypt and I want you to lead them out. And there's this whole conversation that he has with God and the entire conversation is a conversation of what ifs. What if I get that they don't listen to me? What if I don't have the right words to say? What if, what if they mock me? What if Pharaoh says no? What if? Like this whole struggle and I think a lot of times in our lives that we struggle with the what ifs instead of the God is. So think about it. In your life right now, let's just start to name it. Maybe you're online right now and we can just start a conversation where we encourage, where are we struggling? Like where, what are we afraid of right now? What are the things that are keeping us up at night? What are the things that are bothering us? Because fear is ultimately placing our, our thoughts in the what ifs instead of the God, the, the God is. And here's the key that I learned years ago, that where you're fearing it is a great revealer of where you're trusting God the least. Where, where you currently are afraid in this situation or period in your life, it is a great indicator of where you are trusting God the, the least. Your fears want to get in between you and God, they want to cause chaos in your life. And Jesus said that they're actually our enemy. The Lord does not give us a spirit of fear. We need to step out of it because the world right now needs to see a different thing. They need to see peace. They need to see hope. They need to see joy. They need to see love. They need to see compassion. They need to see, come on, they need to see a church that's not selfish right now. That's not only thinking about themselves. They need to see a, a church that trusts God. They need to see it in the way that we post and everything else that, that is going on and the phone calls that we have and the text that we're making whatever interaction limited interaction that we have they need to see a church that is not afraid because my god is for us right now and so what i want to do is i want to take you from a what if faith to to a god is faith and i want to drop you into a story today in the book of psalms chapter 56 let me give you a little background 
uh, because just like us, this is kind of sprung, on, sprung up on us, right? Like it's just kind of happened and all of a sudden we're dealing with something we didn't know we were going to deal with maybe a few, few months ago and this is obstacle in our way. Remember last week I told you every obstacle is also an opportunity. So I think this is a great opportunity for the church to have influence in, in many ways that we weren't able to have influence before. The world has been quieted. The world has been stilled, right? The, the, there's things that were really significant in people's lives that are not there right now and fear is going to rise up right and anxiety is going to rise up let's be the church that's there in that moment to show people what it looks like to have faith outside of fear to have a a, a belief in a god is instead of a, a what if and so what i want to do is i'm gonna drop you to psalms 56 and cool story it's about david if you grew up in church you know david killed goliath uh before he killed goliath david actually gets anointed by the prophet samuel if you read scripture to be the next king so the current king is, is, is Saul, uh, and typically the current king would pass his kingship, his throne, onto his son. Saul gets cocky, arrogant, doesn't listen to God. And so God says, listen, uh, when you die, you're done. You're, the lineage of kings in your family is done. And so David or somebody else is going to be the next king. He didn't know it was David at that point, but David gets anointed to be the next king. You go in his life, David goes and kills Goliath. Everybody else is afraid. David steps before this giant, hits him with a stone, kills him, chops off his head. Like People begin to really celebrate David and, and, and love what he did, and all of a sudden Saul becomes jealous of David, and there's a part of David's life between when he's anointed and when he's appointed to be the king where he is on the run. Like the, the entire country, because of Saul, is out to get him and kill him and stop God's plan. The principle of that is, is if God is for you, nobody can be against you. If God is for you, no one can be against you. Can I just talk to you for a second? This is not shocking to God. God has not forgotten us. God has not washed his hands of us. Some people are going to start saying God is judging us. No, God is giving us an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ in this moment, that God is for us so no one can be against us. That's what scripture says. So we're going to live our life like that. And so David writes this psalm from a cave. And I want to explain to you his situation. He's hiding out. He's afraid. He's on the run for his life. He's been shocked by these events. He hasn't sought this. It's found him, right? We didn't seek the virus. The virus has found our economy, our life, our situation, our normalcy. Everything has been shaken at this point. And David writes Psalms 56, and I love what he says. I want to read the whole Psalms, just 11 verses to you, because I think you'll relate to it. The Bible says in verse number one, God, have mercy on me. What does he say? For people are hounding me. My foes attack me all day long. So let's just put whatever situation that you're in right now, job situation, kid situation, fear of your health, put it in that situation. He says, these are hounding me, right? Um, they attack me all day long. He says, I'm constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. Watch what he says. But when I am afraid, what am I going to do? I'm going to put my trust in you from a what if to a God is I praise God for he has promised I pray I trust in God so why should I be afraid what can mere mortals do to me I'm going to tell you something you know you are growing in the Lord when you get to this point this was a common way for people in the Bible to write Paul said this he said for me to live is Christ for me to die is gain 
In other words, if I'm here, I'm doing damage for the kingdom of God. But it's better, better for me to go to heaven because I get to be in perfection and healed and completely at peace. But as long as I'm here, I'm going to do the work of the, of the Lord. I don't have my eyes fixed on the temporary. I got my eyes fixed on the eternal. He says kind of the similar thing. He says, what can anyone, what can anything, what can any situation, what can any virus, what can anything do to me? Because my eternity is in the hands of the one who made me. He says, they are always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting to harm me. The Bible says that they come in verse 6 together to spy on me, watching my every step, eager to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness. In your anger, O oh God, bring them down. Verse number 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle. You've recorded every one of them. I'm, 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 I'm in a difficult time. I'm, I'm crying. I'm, I'm a mess. You're listening, God, he says. My enemies will retreat when I call for your help. This I know God is on my side. Watch what verse 10 says. Very key, church. He says, I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? One more time, he says, what can mere mortals do to me? And so I want to develop in us as a church a view of a God is type of fear. Like how do you get to a God is type of fear in this current situation. And listen, this won't be the last thing that terrifies you. This won't be the last thing that tries to shake you to your core. This won't be the last thing that tries to steal your hope. So at some point, you got to figure out how to have hope outside of circumstances. You got to have, have, have a rock that you can stand on outside of a storm that comes to shake you to the core. And so let me just give you a couple thoughts on how to develop a God's view of fear. Number one is this. And I've, I've given you these before, but I've noticed myself bringing them back up over the last few days. Number one, the more that we pray, church, the less that will panic. The, the more that we pray, the less that we panic. Do you see what he says? He says, there's all these people coming at me. I mean, we don't understand it because it's just kind of in the Bible and it passes by. But I will, I will give it to you like this. I would, like David was hiding from the most powerful man in his world at that point with all the resources, all the men, all the technology of that time, if that's what you could call it. Like they, they were on the hunt for one person. His name was David. And he was doing everything, zigging and zagging that he could to hide out for them. And he was spending his life in damp, cold, dark Caves wondering, God, why did you bring me into this moment? Why did you allow this to happen? Haven't I been faithful? God, wasn't I just doing a good enough job being a shepherd? God, I stepped out and I killed Goliath with a stone, and now you've put me into this situation. In fact, I was minding my own business until you have Samuel Cain come and anoint me. God, why would you put me in this situation? But he says something in verse number eight that shows you the state that he is in. Is he updating his blog? Is he posting all these fear, fearful articles? He's talking about how difficult his life is and how bad this is going to be and all these other things that we could do in the midst of our fear. Is he calling you know, his family, talking about how rough that his life is? The Bible says in verse number eight, you can go back and read it. He says this, he says, God, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all of my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. In other words, what has David been doing in this situation? Is he afraid? Is he terrified? Is he scared? Maybe. When he does that, is he, is he stressed out? Is he full of anxiety? Is he, is he all these things? What, what, is he, what does the Bible tell us he's doing? He's taking his sorrows. He's taking his worries. He's taking his fears. He's taking his, his pain. He's taking it all back to God, a.k.a. prayer. 
He's bringing his, his prayer. He's bringing his desires. He's bringing his needs. He's bringing his fears back to the throne of God. And he's teaching us a principle. And the principle is the more that you pray in this situation, I can promise you the less that you'll, you'll panic. I remember years ago in church, this is not the first thing that we have faced as a church. And trust me, there's all sorts of things that if we're not careful, we could panic about. Finances could get tight. Uh, people could have to get laid off. We could not have church for a long time. And people might grow uh, weary with waiting on church and find a different hobby. And, and maybe, maybe this will happen or maybe this will go wrong. And this is not the first moment in our church's history where panic can easily set. And I remember years ago, we went through a transition, uh, the first personally connected transition of this church with somebody that transitioned out of ministry from this church and I was extremely close and we were we were friends before he worked here and we went through this thing and I remember uh, we had a difficult conversation and he gave me the you know his words I'm thinking I'm, I'm gonna be leaving and I and I and we kind of made peace and all with all that stuff and I laid in my bed that night and I had a panic attack and I've never had a panic attack in my life I remember uh, my wife talking to my wife she kind of rolled over and went to sleep and I I'm not one to panic. I'm not one to stay up late. I'm just, God has usually gifted me with the ability to sleep. And so, and I just began, the more that I thought about it, the more that I let it kind of go in my mind and twist and turn in my mind, all these things that happened, all these mistakes, all these situations, all this panic set in. It got so bad, I got out of bed, went downstairs and sat on my white pleather couch that we used to have some years ago. And I just sat there and I started to freak out. I'm like, God, what should I do? God, do something. I remember God saying, why don't you just pray about it? So I got around I, on my hands and knees. I got on my, my couch. And you would think as a pastor that would be your first reaction, uh, but it wasn't. And I, and I got on my hands and knees. And I didn't say a long, drawn-out prayer. I just said, God, uh, you know, I need you to help me work through this. God, this is your church. God, we're going to be okay. Uh, and, and I remember as I prayed, it wasn't this long, drawn-out where I'm looking for all these big words. I remember as I prayed, the Bible talks about this peace that surpasses all understanding. The situation didn't change, by the way. Like it, I was still in the middle of it. Uh, what happened is I took my focus off of the situation and I put my focus on the Lord and all of a sudden this peace filled my home. In fact, it filled my home so much that I rolled over after I was done praying and I turned on the TV and I couldn't sleep because I was so uh, amped up at that point. And I remember just watching TV. I don't even remember what I watched and I just fell asleep in a peaceful moment where I was like, God, God got this. And I need to encourage you in this, in this season of your life. The more that you Look, the more that you watch, the more that you perceive, the more that you'll, pan you'll panic. The more that you pray, right, the more that you go to God with, your, with it, the less that you'll panic, the more peace that you'll have. And think about it. Uh, when we think about praying, what do, we often, what do we often tell people to do? Bow your heads, and what do we do? We close our eyes. And here's what I started thinking last night as I was, I was kind of mulling this thought over my head. Think about what's going on right now with, with us. What, what are we spending the majority of our time doing? We're watching. We're watching. We use our eyes, right? The Bible says the opposite. We live our faith, our faith by, uh, by, by faith, not sight. We follow Jesus by, by faith, by, by belief, not sight. But right now, we're not living our life with a lot of faith. We're living our life with a lot of sight. What do we do? We read articles. We reshare articles. We watch the news. We, we, we watch the, you know, programs. We watch updates. We watch this happen, and we're watching all these things, and we're looking. And the Bible says that's not how we're supposed to live our life with watching. We're supposed to live our life with faith. We walk our life by faith, not by, not by sight or watching. And prayer, if you think about it, when we tell people to pray, what do we do? We're going to bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes. We're 
going to stop, we're going to stop looking at what we're seeing, and we're going to start talking to the one who can help us work through it. We're going to pray, and the more that we pray, the less that we'll, we'll panic, right? I love what it says in the book of Mark chapter 11, and the Bible says, and Jesus said to him, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen, and no doubt in your heart, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So maybe you begin to pray. What are you going to pray for? You're going to pray for healing. You're going to pray for strength. You're going to pray for wisdom. Uh, you're going to pray for peace. You're going to pray for protection. We're, we're going to pray for protection of our government officials and our healthcare workers. We're just going to be a praying people. In fact, we're going to pray more than we sit on, the, on, on our phones right now, even though we have nothing to do. We're going to pray more than we click through our remotes and watch TV. We're going to pray more than we binge watch to get our minds off of everything that else is going on. We're just going to pray. We're going to be a praying people. When we pray, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is going to fill our homes. The more you pray, the less that you'll panic. Let me give you another one that is really important in this moment in our homes as we're there more than we're not there, right? The more that you worship, the less that you'll worry. The more that you worship, the less that you worry. What is worship? It is just you refocusing on the truth of calling out to your father. What, what does he say in verse number four? Not only is he praying uh, but he's actually writing psalms as known as, as, as songs of worship. He's writing songs of worship in this cave. And the Bible says that he says, I praise you for what you have promised. What do I do? I trust in you. Why am I even going to be afraid? Think, think about the things that the Bible says are promises from God. In Deuteronomy 31, it says God is never going to fail you. In 1 Chronicles 28, it says God will not forsake you. In Isaiah 41, it says God is with you. In Isaiah 41, 13, it says God will help you. In Isaiah 43, it says God knows you by name, friend. And Joel 2 says God can do marvelous things. In other words, the atmosphere that we create through worship is oftentimes the breeding ground for miracles in, in your lives. I'm going to encourage you to worship through whatever situation that you're in. How does that look practically? Fill your home with praise and worship music. They laugh at me sometimes uh, because oftentimes when I'm trying to get a song into my soul, I'll listen to it on repeat over and over and over and over again. And so if you've been here sometime, there's been specific songs that I've listened to at specific times. I remember years ago when no one hired, we first introduced that, introduced that to the church, and I would listen to that over and over and over in my car in the gym, in my office, everywhere that I go, I would just listen to the same worship song. Some years later, The Rock Won't Move, I believe, came out, and I'm not sure which was first, but The Rock Won't Move, and I began to worship to that. I remember when The Father's Heart first came out, and I began to worship to that song. A few months ago, we introduced the Powerful God song, and I can tell you, I've been, I'm going to be being blaring that over and over and over again in, in my house. I'm going to worship in my house. I'm going to fill it and fill my house with worship. I'm going to put it on my Alexa. I'm going to tell, my, I'm going to tell Alexa, you know what beat to drop. Drop that worship beat right now, Alexa. And I'm going to fill my home. I'm going to fill my head. I'm going to fill my car when I'm driving. I'm going to worship as much as I can possibly worship. Why? The more that I worship, the less that, that I worry. I, re I remember reading a story about the song, It Is Well. If you've been in church for a long time, old hymnal, It, it Is Well With My Soul. Remember the song, When Peace Like a River, all, all those, those words. I'm not going to try to sing it for you right now. Uh, but the song was written by a man named Horatio Spafford. He, he, he wrote it right around 1870. He was a pretty wealthy man. 
He was a businessman that also funded the revivals of that time. So he would travel with men like D.L. Moody to revivals. And so he was very involved in church. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, he had a family, a successful business. He had, he had a wife. He had four girls and one, one young boy. Uh, in 1871, he, he, tragedy began to come at his life. He began to go through some things. And, and so in 1871, uh, he lost his only son. His only son died. Uh, and then, then the great fire of Chicago uh, took his house. And so he lost his son and he lost his house in a short time. They were mourning, right? They were like, we need to, we need to get our mind off of all the things that we've lost. And so he, he planned a trip to, to England, to, to Europe. And so he was about to get on a boat with his wife and his four daughters to sail across uh, to Europe uh, to go on vacation, but actually continue to spread the word of God with D.L. Moody. He put his wife and his daughters on a boat and got word that he needed to attend to some business in Chicago, and so he had to head back at this time. And so he head back, sent them on ahead, expecting to take the next ship in a few days and, and meet up with them. Uh, word got back to him a few days later that his wife's ship with his four daughters had a crash in the middle of the ocean and sunk, and the only remaining uh, survivor was his wife. So he lost his house, he lost his boy, now he lost four, four girls. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, you would think he would have a bunch of questions, anger, all sorts of things like that, and I'm not, I'm not sure what his thought process was, but he got on the next boat. Here's what we knew he, know he did next. And he began to sail to his wife, who was now in England. And in the middle of that voyage, uh, the captain came down to him, true story, and said, this is where we think that the boat went down where your, your, your four daughters ha passed away. And through tears, through emotion, uh, he went down below the, the deck and he began to pen the words to, it is well with my soul. What can mere mortals do to me? They took my kids. They, this, 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 took my, this took my house. This, is, this has caused much pain in my life. And here's how I'm going to get through this. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to give praise to the Lord. I'm going to continue to seek him in this situation. I got to tell you, some of you have spent so much time on the news the last few days that you've continued to be full of anxiety and full of worry. And here's what I'm not telling you. I'm telling you don't ever watch it. It's good to know what's going on, but it's also good to go back to the one who has control of it all. It's also back to turn up that worship. Some of you play secular music all the time, songs that, that are about love and all these other things in your house, and your kids are going around and singing them. You want your home for the next few weeks to be filled with peace and love and joy. Man, turn up the, the worship songs. Put the favorite one on. Put it on repeat. Continue to worship. The more that you worship, the less that you'll, you'll worry. Maybe as we're, we're kind of going, coming, bringing this experience to an end, you'll just begin to share. Here's the song that I've been listening to as we encourage one another in the Lord. The more you pray, the less you're going to panic. The more that you worship, the less you're going to worry. And number three, the more that you focus on how big God is, the smaller that all of these problems will become. The more that we focus, what's, tr what's trying to pull us off of how big that our God is, how great that our God is, how, how powerful that our God is, how sovereign that our God is, how all-knowing that our God is, that God is a God that can make a way where there seems to be no way, that he can wipe out this virus in a moment, that he can draw hearts to him anytime that he wants, that that's the type of God that he is. And the more that you focus, how do you focus? Not on what you watch, by the way, not on what you watch. You focus by what you're saying through your prayers and what you're saying singing and what's happening is it's beginning to change your mind and change your, the way you view things and all of a sudden you're still seeing the same things but it's not terrifying you like it was because the more that you focus on how big God is the less time you have to focus on how big your problems will become you ever get those updates on your phone 
uh, if you have an iPhone especially, I'm not sure about an Android, but it'll tell you, hey, this week, your, 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 your phone usage is up this much percent. This week is down. So this week, it all, it all, it all happened, right? And I got, a, I got a ding, no lie. Right before I came up here to preach, it was letting me know. Your usage is up, and it said your usage is up almost an hour a day before last week. You know why? Because I've been on Google. I've been on CNN. Uh, I, I, I've been on Fox. I've been on Facebook. I've been watching videos. I've been searching for answers. I've been trying to get the, you know, the one up on this whole thing. Stay out ahead of it. I, I've been, and, and, and if you, if there was a, a, a meter for how much that I've worshipped and prayed this week compared to last week, it's probably not any higher. It's probably not any higher. In fact, it might be less because I've spent so much more time focused on these things. And I got convicted, and God, the Lord told me, listen, you can either spend your time on all that this week. You have more anxiety, more fear, more doubt because you are living your life by faith or by sight, or you can live your life by faith. You can live your life by faith. You can spend more time in my word. You can spend more time on, on your knees praying before me. You can spend more time lifting up my name and worshiping me, and you'll see worry and fear and anxiety fade. And the more that you focus on how big God is over these next few weeks, the smaller that all of these problems will become. In fact, one of my favorite quotes is by, by a famous preacher named John Wesley. You can look him up sometime. Uh, but here's what he said. He said, in my life, I have never known more than 15 minutes of fear or anxiety. When I feel emotions overtaking me, I close my eyes, right? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. I close my eyes and I thank God that he is still on the throne. He's still on the throne, reigning over everything. And I take comfort in his control over all of the affairs of my life. I take comfort in his control of the affairs of this planet. Whenever I feel fear, this week, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to remind myself, God's still on the throne. God's still good. I go back as I close to, to the time in my life when my, my kids were younger, and uh, our rooms weren't that far apart. But how many of you know when you put a young child in their, in their bed, and you turn off the lights, and you, you know, close the door to a certain level, even if there's a light light, there's still fear there. It's a big, dark room, you know doesn't feel like anybody could help you and I used to tell my, my kids from time to time when they were terrified of the dark or afraid to go to sleep and I could tell they were uneasy and had some anxiety I would say, I would say listen I would say if you need anything daddy is right down the hall I'm two steps down literally in our town home our hallway upstairs was two steps about about nine yards nine feet I could get there in two steps if you need anything and so as I would close the door sometimes I would be closing it because it would get dark and I could hear him and I would say I'm right here Look how fast, I'm, I'm right here. And I would remind them, Daddy is right down the hall. And I want to remind you of the same thing. Our Father is not far from us. The Bible says he's an ever-present help in a time of need. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the world needs to see that be true right now. So maybe you spent the last week freaking out like everybody else. But our world does not need to see a church that cowers and wavers in the face of difficulty. This is what you call opportunity, church. We have the opportunity to speak to our neighbors. We've told them about faith for a long time and trust for a long time and coming to church for a long time. And maybe you haven't been in a spot in your life where you've actually needed faith and you've actually needed trust and you've actually needed to walk to believe God as you're facing those situations as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You actually need those. And for the very first time, you're going to be able to look at your neighbor and say, even in a difficult moment, I'm going to praise the Lord. 
I'm going to bring him my needs. I'm going to show you what it looks like to live your life with the peace that surpasses all understanding. If there was ever a time, listen, our world doesn't need a church when everything's going well. They don't need a church that can, that can worship when everything's perfect and bank accounts are sturdy and job situations are okay and the, the stock market is rising. It takes nothing in those moments to bring your worship and your praise and your adoration to, to God in those moments. It is not impressive at all to, to your family and friends. But it does make an impression when they see the need that we have in this moment is the same need that they have. The situation is the same situation that they're going through. The, the, the fear is the same fear that they're facing. Yet we're not freaking out. Yet we don't waver. Yet we're still taking our best to God in our finances. Yet we're still serving Him in any way that we can. Yet we're still giving Him the glory. Yet we're still living our life with the peace that surpasses all understanding. Yet we still have hope true hope, unshakable hope. What can mere mortals do to us in this moment? And in these moments, we're just going to continue to pray. The more we pray, the less we panic. The more we worship, the less that will worry. The more that we focus on how big God is, the smaller this whole situation gets. So here's what I want to do. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I know it's awkward uh, to do that in your, in your home. But would you just do that for a moment with me? Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads and you know, you have kids probably there running around, and I know that's difficult to focus on, but here, here's what I know. I knew that we would preach this message. I knew that people that come to Journey Church every week would be here, but I, but I also know Journey Church people, and I know that you would share the message. I know that you would invite your friends. I know that people are on here right now or even later on during the week as this thing maybe picks up steam and more unknowns and more f- fear of loss is happening, and you're going to end up here. And this is going to be the first bit of, of, of good news and, and hope that maybe you've heard this week. That God is in control, that God loves you, that God will never leave you, never forsake you. That he's all powerful, all knowing, that he's not shocked by this. That good is going to come from this. Good is going to come from this. And you're catching up right now, or you're watching right now. Maybe you've never been to church before. Um, we do something at Journey every week. Here's the thing. Our church is a, is a group of people we don't come to a building. That's not what church is. We're having church right now. Church is a group of people who have been called together on mission to seek and save lost people. So here's what that means. Uh, me and you, uh, or your friends that maybe I've shared this message with you, at one point in their life, man, they were, they were drowning. Drowning in their sorrows, drowning in their, their pain, drowning in their anxiety, uh, afraid of what's, what's next. And the Bible says that, uh, that God meets us in our pain that God meets us in our struggle, that God meets us in our anxiety. So they, they, didn't, this is what, they didn't clean themselves up and, you know, change their life by going through a step-by-step process. And then all of a sudden they became religious. And so your friends are sharing you some religion today. That's not what's happening. The Bible says that, that as, as we were in the pit, the miry pit, the Bible says that God lifted us out. And he reached down into that, that, that level, that deepness, that sorrow, that pain of our lives. And he rescues us. And that's the story of when we talk about Jesus, that is actually what God did through Jesus. That, that man was hopeless and that he reached down to mankind through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus, he sacrificed his life for us. He died on a cross for us. That he gave up himself for us. And that was God extending his grace and extending his mercy and extending his hope. Man, listen, you are not equipped to handle this on your own. You're not equipped. 
You don't have enough strength inside of you to deal with the fear of loss and death and the unknown. We were never supposed to live on this earth without our creator. And this is what's happened at Journey Church time after time after time again. Somebody like your friend walked into this place and they were in that situation and they felt, literally felt the hand of the Lord reach down to them and they received it just like a gift. What did they receive? They received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They believed that he died on a cross, that he was put in a tomb, and on the third day he rose in power. And he did so to not only forgive our sins, but to save us from death in hell. Here's what I believe about my own life, uh, that I know that if something happens on this side of eternity, that my next breath, because this is not my home, that my next breath will be with Jesus in heaven. And so I can live my life with peace that surpasses all understanding, knowing, knowing where I'm going and knowing why I'm here on this earth. And some of you are so riddled with anxiety and fear. You're taking all sorts of pills. You're freaked out about the economy. You watch your money. You worship money. You worship possessions. Those are kind of uneasy. You worship sports. They've been taken from you. You don't know what else is going to be taken from you. And sometimes the best moments of our lives is when we come to the end of ourselves. You got nowhere else to look. And the Bible says that it's God's kindness in that moment that leads us to repentance. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So here's what I want to do. Uh, I, want, I want to give you a chance to respond. And so if we were here at Journey, I would say, listen, all over our campuses, there's five campuses. There's somebody standing at the front of every campus. There's people in this room that are not here by accident. On a Sunday morning, I'll, I'll tell them, if, that, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray with you as we close. Not a long prayer, but just simply a mission. I, I can't do this on my own. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we would stop for a moment and I would say, if that's you, just shoot your hand up in the air. So obviously we can't do that right now, but you can respond on your phone. And so I'm going to ask you in a second and we're going to wait for a minute and they're going to let me know. But there's people all over our area right now that's watching right now. And maybe you're not watching live right now, you're watching on later on during the week. But if you would send us a private message after you watch this to say, hey, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, one of our pastors or staff members will respond to you as soon as we can and let you know how excited that we are. But maybe if you're live right here, I know there's a bunch of other people online right now, they're going to be praying. I'm going to begin to pray, and they're going to begin to pray. And as I begin to pray, I just want you to shoot your hand uh, up with a little emoji hand. Just boom, put that emoji hand. Or maybe you say, hey, that's me. And there's moderators that are going to be, begin to let us know. And we're going to receive you. We're going to welcome you into the family of God. God loves you. God wants to have a relationship with you. God does not want you to live your life in fear and anxiety. God has destined you and designed you to have peace and hope and love and forgiveness. And listen, I know you're not here physically, but the Spirit of the Lord is there physically in your home, and He wants to change you forever in the situation that you're in. I believe something's going to change right now. So church, let's begin to pray all over our houses. And if that's you, would you just begin to agree? Would you say, hey, that's me? Would you give us a little hand emoji to say, hey, I'm responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's begin to pray all over this house. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that we can have church today. Thank you that we can lift up the name of Jesus and that you would draw men and women to yourself. Lord, thank you for all that you've done through your word. Lord, I pray that you would release a spirit of encouragement and peace all over the homes of this region. Not only in the homes of Journey Church people, but Lord, we would be a reflection. The Bible says that we would be a light on, on a hill, that, that we, would, we would be a, a rescue mission in this, this environment, in this situation, in, in this region, Lord, that we would witness, be a witness for you in everything that we do, even in what we do in a time of trial and tribulation. And Lord, we're grateful for all that you've done. Lord, peace, 
hope, joy over the families. Lord, we pray for protection. We pray that you would heal people quickly. Lord, we pray for our governing officials. Lord, we are a church that honors, Lord. We, we honor others. We honor the president. We honor those in authority over us, as you tell us to in scripture. Lord, we are part of the solution, not the problem. We will live our life for those not yet here, for other people, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, that you're going to help us to honor them. Lord, we pray for those that are going to take care of the nurses, the doctors, Lord, the scientists, the people that are in, con- in our care right now, that are helping with this need. Lord, let us work together as we walk through this. And Lord, we believe ultimately that your name will be made famous and that your church will We'll we'll go through this stronger. Jesus, thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name that we pray. Hey, one more time, church. Let's shout amen as loud as we can. Hey, I think it would be fitting. I think it would be fitting for us to go out talking about, singing about fear together. And so they're going to lead us in one more song. Uh, We're going to talk to you all through the week online. We're praying for you. Be encouraged. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.